0: very warm welcome to our latest generation podcast. And today is a special edition, normally I have one guest, but we have two guests today and I am delighted to welcome from an organisation known as WFM, which means Women for Mission, which is uh, part of what we do in the Free Church of Scotland and we will hear about that later. So a very warm welcome, Janet, and a very warm welcome, Sarah. How are you both today? Good,
1: thank you. Yes, thanks. Very well, Excellent. thank
0: you. Okay, so now we've got a couple of names, Janet Murchison and Sarah Little. Can you just tell us uh, a little bit about yourself so that our listeners can get a wee orientation?
1: Well, since I'm older than Sarah, I'll take the opportunity <laughs> to go first. <laughs> um, so, yes, my name's Janet Murchison. I'm married with four children. I live in Drumna on the shores of Loch Ness. And I have been involved with the Women for Mission Committee for just over four years. And two years ago, I became chairperson of this uh, group of ladies.
0: Um, wow. Drumna uh, Drokic. I'm sure many of our listeners would love to be able to live in a village called Drumna Drokic. It's up, with, up there with Buna Venetera
1: for great named places. Super. It is. It is, turns every time you order something on, you know, over the phone, you have to spell it out. <laughs> so I could almost I so. spell it backwards, but I won't try on this recording.
0: <laughs> Sarah, tell us a little bit about yourselves.
2: Well, I also have four children, but that's not a prerequisite for being on the WFN.
0: <laughs> but I also have four children as well, oh, here we are.
2: Number. <laughs> um, I don't. Uh live in Drumna but I do live in beautiful Edinburgh uh, with my husband, my girls. Uh we go to the Free Church. Um I've been on the WFM committee for two years and I, I I sat in on one or two meetings, but um almost as soon as I joined I was the secretary. Um so I take the minutes and uh write things down as, as best I can really. That's um in my involvement.
0: That's great. Right, I'm really interested that uh, you're both uh, you know, you both look incredibly young, but you're maybe of slightly gen- different generations. Can you tell us what your memories were when you were growing up of what you know, folk referred to back in the day as foreign missionary? Janet, what were your memories?
1: I have very distinct memories of Uh, foreign missionaries, as uh, they would have been referred to in my childhood and growing up in Stornoway, where I was born and bred until I moved to Edinburgh to work. And it was very much part and partial of the church life in Stornoway. We supported WFME, and we had visitors um, every year from different parts of the pre-church mission field, Uh, They were quite exciting to hear about places that seem so far away, such as India and Peru and South Africa. So, and then we would have other speakers from, for example, from the Leprosy Mission. That was another organisation that was well supported in the Stornway congregation. And over the years, um, missionary activity, I suppose, it it widened or the interest of the free church widened and you would have OMF, you'd have WEC speakers, you'd have SASTRA. So yes, I would say it was very much part of the the upbringing that I had.
0: As you were growing up and maybe as as a, a wee girl, you're reading missionary books. I mean, was it an exciting world? Did it ever appeal to you?
2: Um, I
1: thought these mysteries were just amazing, and particularly, I suppose, you would focus on a single woman like Mary Slessor, who just went off on her own into a country she'd never been to before, and the influence that she had in that place in Africa uh, was quite amazing. And then you'd have Isabel Kuhn. She was someone else who's never really mentioned nowadays, but her books are were quite stimulating and fascinating to read about her work.
0: Um, so, the, you know, would you agree that these were inspirational people and in many ways role models for young women?
1: I would say so, yes. Yes, definitely. And godly women. I think that their purpose was to, to serve God ultimately yes. in this way.
0: Mm-hmm. Sarah, tell us what your memories were.
2: Um, well, I as well as going to Buclu, I actually grew up in Bucklu congregation as well. And uh I don't remember having such a wide breadth as you know, Janet's experience. We uh very much from my memory um, focused on uh Peru, the school in Colegio San Andreas and um, forgive my pronunciation please, and um the work in India. Um, is it the Lacknadon Hospital? Yeah. I think because um, you know Donald and Joan who were in India, and then um, lots of people had been from our congregation had been in Peru or through Peru, so we had quite a strong connection with uh, with the 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 school there. People like um, George and Irene Thompson, um, or. Oh, uh,
0: yeah, Fergus yeah. McDonald himself had been a missionary yes. in per, yep. uh, Peru. Ferguson, and of course, yeah. Katrina, his daughter.
2: Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, there were lots of lots of Spanish speakers in Buclu, and they had pretty much come through um, uh, San Andreas. And even you know today, um, Katrina, who's just finished as a teacher there, she's still part of our congregation. So I suppose I would feel a bit of a link, um, a link to there. And also, you know, I did know of the. Uh, work we were doing in South Africa um, but uh, yeah I don't think I was paying as much attention as Janet and I don't think I was going to missionary meetings I don't remember them, that doesn't mean I wasn't there <laughs> yeah. and again
0: what were your perceptions again maybe or especially as you know think of yourself as a child and you thought of you know women missionaries. did you read any books or that wasn't really part of your life at that time
2: well, here's a confession for you. I do remember hearing stories and reading books and I thought they were all a bunch of goody two-shoes. <laughs> 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 Sorry, everyone. <laughs> a bit of honesty is good. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, I just, um, kind of, I think probably what struck me was how hard it was and I kind of thought, oh, wow, well, good for you sort of thing. Um, only sort of, looking back now and listening to the stories properly with grown-up years, you know, if you ever hear Joan McDonald talking about what she went through in India, even getting the kids to school, you know, in crazy thousands of miles train journeys, you think, wow, these people are amazing. Um, yeah, uh, you realise how, how hard it was. I suppose maybe as a child, I just heard the Oh, I went here and uh, set up this church, and that was great. I wasn't so tuned into the rest of the story because mission work is certainly not easy. It's not for people who are goodie-two-shoes. <laughs> it's pretty tough, and um, I would definitely have a respect for for people who who leave their homes and go and live a very difficult, often uh, life in other other countries. Mm-hmm. Let's just
0: keep moving on here. WFM, which one of you are going to tell us a story? I mean, when I was young, which was 100 years ago, there was the WFMA, the Women's Free Church Missionary Association. So would one of you just fill us in a little bit about the story? Um, Well, you you ask
2: that question... And Janet and I were discussing it and we realised we didn't know. Ah,
0: (laughs) so Um, this podcast has got collateral benefits.
1: Absolutely,
2: yeah.
1: Um, yeah, We only know a little bit, really, um, I suppose, from our constitution. And, you know, it's recognised as the Women's Association of the Free Church of Scotland. But to, you know, we really have to dig back into... the the last century as you say David, to go back and find out more about what prompted this um, to be set up over a hundred years ago.
2: I've got um, a little bit uh, quite late last night so we read your question and we got talking between ourselves as a committee and then I phoned a few ex-members and then so that has been really busy.
0: There's been on the phone for a long time. Yeah.
2: yeah, connections going out. We're all chatting and um, Kirsty Boyd through someone else. I've got a little bit of information that in 1911 the Women's Foreign Mission Association was recognised as an official organisation in the Free Church of Scotland. So we go back quite a long way, but even there are roots. You know, um, in 1837, there was uh, the Edinburgh Ladies Association for the Advancement of Female Education in India. Was set. Yeah, okay,
0: it's like a bit of a
2: mouthful. Yeah, a <laughs> little bit. And Glasgow set their own one up, and then we joined forces. So you know, we could trace our roots back quite a long, a long way, and it seems to be uh, women supporting generally women missionaries. To go and work overseas. But if anybody has anything, any documents or anything else, we'd love to have them because
0: you we know,
2: can find out about the work we've done in the past.
0: Well, 1911, wow, well, that's, that's uh, you know, your what, 110th anniversary is going to be up next year, God will. Yeah. So that'll yeah. Be Tell me a wee bit about the name change. Is there anything behind that? I mean, folk focus into branding these days. You know, um, everybody loves, of course, our generation brand. Uh, WFM is is a brand. How how did you change from WFMA to WFM?
2: Well, I had a look back in the minutes. And um, I think it was 2001 we decided to change our name. And that was really uh, to reflect the fact that mission and work is, you know, at home and abroad. And um, WFM was certainly supporting things in the UK. So it was really just to reflect the work that we were we were doing.
0: Okay, there, there just wasn't, you know, foreign, it wasn't international. that We are a global mission here in Scotland.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so this week, uh, last Saturday, 19 September, you launched this year's, and who will forget, uh, 2020, for various reasons. You launched some initiatives. Tell us a wee bit about them.
2: Right. I think I've got the information for that. Is that right, Janet? <laughs> yes.
1: I think you were going to uh, discuss yes. the new project, so that would be great.
2: So, um, our new project, which we're always very excited about, is called Embracing the World, with the uh, subtitle, With the Touch of the Gospel.
0: Mm, I love
2: it. Yep. If you haven't already done so, you can uh, head to the website, we plug here, womanformission.org, and find out all about it. You can also donate online now, so that's something that we've um embraced we've been thinking about it before covid but you know that has certainly um hastened <laughs> hastened our technology a bit so um as in previous years we've got four uh, groups for charities that we are supporting and um as the title suggests they are all over the world so if we start at home we are hoping to support scripture union in Scotland um, Script Union very helpfully um, gave us a list of you know what resources they could use with what money. So 120 pounds buys a resource pack including Bibles to go into schools. Uh, we can sponsor events for 180 pounds, um, bringing Jesus to children in, in schools all over Scotland. Uh, so that's a really exciting work. Um, they're looking to develop some digital resources um, which could come in handy in case of another lockdown. Um, but yeah, we're going to support the work of um, Scripture Union. Uh, another uh, I don't know which co- which country is further afield here, but uh, Moldova, uh, the Moldova Support Group. Um, uh, they're looking for money to support um, a youth worker and uh, children who have special educational needs and um, they're uh, sort of looking to get themselves started with a three-year project and then they hope to fund themselves so if we can give them um, a bit of financial support then they should be able to To keep going with their own work, which would be really.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's tremendous. Moldova is the poorest country in Europe and it's one of the Cinderella's of international Mm mission. Not many folk think of Moldova. In fact, many people wouldn't even know where it is in the map. Okay, so we've got SU Scotland, we've got Moldova.
2: Yep. Um, Then we're moving uh, to more uh, familiar free church territory. We're going to India and we're going to support uh, the leprosy mission. So uh, the Leprosy Mission have launched a very exciting project where they're looking to eradicate leprosy completely. You know, in case at time, they're going to get rid of it. So that's a, a, great, <laughs> a, a great goal to have. Um, we're going to be uh, supporting one of their hospitals out there. And the work that they do is, is amazing. They don't just cure the physical, but they really look at, you know, the whole person. Um, leprosy comes with a lot of social stigma. Um, so, uh, you know, getting better from a disease is not just enough. People need to find work. Um, they're often cut off from their families. So um, we were very excited to hear about the leprosy mission mission work and we're uh, pleased to be able to support them this year. Um, and then we're also going to raise money for our own disaster and relief fund. Okay. So we have a pot of money that um, <coughs> we'll give to basically disasters as and when they happen, you know, so that we're yeah. ready to help where, where help is needed.
0: Yeah. I know that's absolutely invaluable, and you know, we get feedback all the time, but it's very nature, you can't plan for it. And no. We often work with peer fund or similar organisations and part of their thing, and that is such a yeah. phenomenal uh, thing.
2: Tremendous. So, the, yeah. so, those so are that's your four true. things
0: for 2020. <laughs> Yep, in
2: yep, facing the world we are. Yeah. Okay.
0: Good. Uh so you've not had an annual general meeting this year in person, it's everything's online. Everything we're doing is online just now, a big free rally is online, General assemblies online. So uh glad to see that you've risen to the challenge. Um I mean look, like me, I mean, as a, a generation, there's not a week goes by that we get a great idea, lands on our desk. Folk want to partner, folk want money, there's no shortage of it. How do WFM decide in the multitude of great causes? How do you decide what you're gonna fund?
1: Yes, we do get um similar requests, David, to our um on our table from other organisations or within the church. Um, We we look at the needs that are uh, placed before us in these approaches. We're very specific. It has to be a registered charity. We do get um, approached by organisations that are not registered, but um, for our own... um, legal work, and to be absolutely certain we're going along with the government legislation, we do insist that they have to be a registered charity. And I suppose as a committee, we we come together and we seek to look at where we feel the need is greatest, and where we feel as an organisation we can be of help to that that, uh, particular request. And we do. Um, if there's a free church connection, that's that's helpful as well. We're not <coughs> adamant that there has to be one, but um, it, it's helpful for us to
2: to have that
1: link, as it were. Uh, whether it's uh, somebody who's gone overseas as a missionary to work, or to work as a teacher, or in a hospital, that that free church link is, is often um, very helpful, very useful. Mm-hmm. So we, just, we have to be discerning. Um, there's sometimes we ourselves are approached as individuals uh, from someone within our own congregation or further afield who brings um, the work that they're involved with to us and we, we look at that. So it's, it's our committee decision. Sometimes we have to put some to one side and say we can look at that next year. We don't have enough information from you. Uh, could you tell us a bit more about yourselves? Um, just have to be wise about what we do and who we support. And over the years, you know, we've had one or two situations where things haven't worked out. But uh, over the years, we, we feel we've been able to benefit many different groups of people through the fundraising activities at WFM and uh, DASA.
0: Yeah, I mean, finally, everything is, is about risk and chance sometimes and you've just got to go. Um, just a, maybe a little naughty question. Um, we live in an incredibly inclusive age, which in many ways is, is not a bad thing. Um, why? WFM, why only women? Silence.
2: Uh, well, we'll take your money, David. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. I feel that women and it's, it's apparent women have different gifts within the church and I think this is a very good way of women channeling those gifts in a way to God has given us all different gifts and use them ultimately for his glory but also for the, the benefit of those that we are um, seeking to help and um, I'm just waiting for the day when a man comes, approaches us and says he'll set up a coffee morning on a bake sale. <laughs> me, that would be quite innovative, certainly, but it's not something that we would necessarily associate with men doing. It's very much in the female domain. But it's not, you know, it's not that we just support female missionaries. We definitely support male missionaries as well. So we're not exclusive in that sense.
0: Sure, yeah. So you've you moved away from 1911 a little bit. You support mission mm-hmm. wherever you find it. And, you know, I go to WFM things, and many of your things are absolutely inclusive. Um, and it's just, just tremendous. Um, <clears throat> I mean, we're talking about male and female. Do, do you think there is a particular female mindset when it comes to mission. Maybe we're in real deep controversial areas here but um, do, do you think that men can be quite, I don't know managerial and we just miss things we just don't have the same emotional intelligence as women or it's manifested itself in a different way Who's going to talk to that non-controversial question?
2: <laughs> I don't know, having never been in a male group of fundraisers. <laughs> I'm aware I can only talk about this from one side. As as a group, the the committee from my experience were very practical. Um, I don't know that men necessarily wouldn't be, but um you know we definitely look to practical needs in the past we've paid for you know winter coats for children who don't have any and, and um, things like that whether uh, you would be a better in a better position to tell me what about the male mindset permission um, but that's certainly my experience of, of WFM
0: yeah, and I, I mean, from where where I sit in mission, board and generation, what I'm seeing here is a team, many folk working together, many folk with different perspectives. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's really great. And, and the more I go on, the more I value, you know, it's not a cliche to say that teamwork does really make the dream work. <laughs> and to get different perspectives. Now, talking about perspectives here, it is said, and, and I've no evidence for this, um, some folk would say that young people are less engaged with global mission. My view would be mm, that's not the case. Maybe they're engaged in different ways to global mission. How have you folk found this in the WFM circles?
1: Well, we are trying to encourage younger women to um, be involved with our, our meetings and I know certainly when I had, my children were younger and the annual meeting was on a weekday uh, during the General Assembly and that was, that was very tricky to, to, to go to. In fact, I, I wasn't able to go for many years and then it was decided before my time in the committee to have it on a Saturday so that young mothers and younger working women could attend the annual meeting. And I think we've seen uh, that having a good effect. We, we have a creche set up and uh, last, since our annual meeting started on a Saturday, there seems to be a, a wider um, age range, which is what we're really looking at. And I would like to see even more, even more of my own age group as well, um, whose children are now moving on to university or getting married. They're, they're you know, they don't have uh, the same responsibilities. So, um, and certainly. Uh, be very keen to encourage uh, women, younger women, to come um, and be involved and and learn about what's going on in the global mission world. We do have a Support a Volunteer Fund, uh, WFN, which uh, is an excellent resource for youngsters who want, not, I shouldn't say just for youngsters, for anyone um, within the free church who's volunteering for short-term mission overseas. And uh, I can speak from personal experience here because two of my own children benefited from a grant for this, from this fund. And
0: Where, where this, did they go?
1: Well, Maria elder, she went to Kosovo. Uh, it was about five years ago now. Uh, she went with the Baptist Missionary Society. And she was there for six months working um, in a school there. It wasn't particularly Easy because uh, Kosovo was mainly Muslims, I think, in that um, country and uh, the part of the country she was in. A lot of the people were poor, uh, but it, it was a, it was a great experience. And through she went as a, a team. It was a, a group of four of them went, and they maintained their friendships since their time out there. And Ian, he also went with the Baptist Missionary Society. Um, inspired by his sister, and he ended up in Mozambique uh, And both Mary and Ian spoke at our annual meetings uh, after they returned uh, and shared with uh, those in attendance their experiences, which was great. And we were hoping to have another boy uh, speak at our annual meeting this year, but of course, uh, we weren't able to, to have that. So I think that's a good way of young people It's a short-term scheme, um, and it just opens their eyes, I think, to to what's going on in other parts of the world. Yeah,
0: that that, that is absolutely tremendous because what we are finding is that you know I say young people engage differently. Many of them are going on short-term missions, and it gives them a whole lifetime when they will reflect on that and you know they think about their experience. I mean. um, I I was not abroad until my late 20s, Um, you know, which is, I think, incredible if you think of a young person today. You know, my first trip abroad was a a Spanish package holiday when I was like 28. Um, You know, we just didn't have, have the money back in the day and air travel was very expensive. You know, it's much less so now. So, it's, have you found that your own kids have, have engaged with global mission more since actually serving in Mozambique and Kosovo?
1: Well, I'm not sure um, if it's global mission as such, but well, I suppose in a way it is. Uh, but within their universities, they both were very involved with their Christian Union. Mm-hmm. Maria did, at Strathclyde, and he's still at Strathclyde and uh, very heavily involved with it in the coming year, and. Uh, Part of that is welcoming the overseas students, and he's had some, particularly Ian, when he came back home uh, when lockdown uh, came into place. He was doing an online Bible study with a boy in Hong Kong, whom he had, met who had come along to some of the CU events. Mm, tremendous! And I, I'm okay. sure the experience of being abroad and interacting with people from other nations. Um, I'm sure that
0: had a benefit for him. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Sarah, the same sort of question, then, you know, you are a, a, a younger generation. Um, what, is, what is your experience of the experience of people around you slightly younger than you engaged in gold and the WFM? Yeah, so...
2: At the last um, conference we were able to have, we were pleased that we did have a, a number of, you know, younger women um, coming along, which I think is great. Um, I would say that uh, certainly the the young adults, the students in my own congregation, are quite mission minded. They are the best at bringing along their brains. Um, You know, it's often people from uh, all corners of the globe um, that that they will will take take along and um, it is really encouraging and it is great to see that there's another generation of Christians coming up who really care about individuals wherever they're from, um, getting to know uh, Jesus. Um, I suppose it is always work to get the next generation in <laughs> to get them into the wfm clutches so that the work can continue um, uh, but that's hopefully something that um you know being online and uh, and and whatnot will will do um, yeah i Uh, you know younger people tend not to have so much money but they have energy and enthusiasm for organizing events so you know you can definitely contribute to WFM without having to empty your wallet Um, and I would really hope that people would be enthusiastic to support WFM last year we supported the work of camps so that's you know hopefully young people will realize that we were of a direct benefit to them and then scripture union this uh, this project is definitely um, aimed at supporting and nurturing um, young christians in 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 their lives and and where they are
0: yeah i mean certainly uh, you so it's a truism and it's very obvious to say that you would welcome with open arms a younger generation who wanted to get involved in wfm i guess that's mm-hmm. self evident yeah yes yeah, definitely Now, moving, I mean, time time just flies. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm always interested in what people are reading. So I've asked you this question uh, just to find out a wee bit more about you. Sarah, can you tell us what you've been reading in the last (laughs) few months? I'm really nosy about that.
2: I tend to read. Um, it's a little bit feast or famine with me.
0: Uh-huh. So I read
2: three books in a in a week, and then nothing for two months, and then uh-huh. in, I don't know why, but that is, that's just how I do. Um, uh, over a lot, I tend to read fiction. And uh, over lockdown, I've read uh, quite a few Alexander McCall Smith's novels. Okay,
0: right. Well, there's a, a global uh, element there, isn't
2: there? Yeah, yeah, and they're just lovely stories about. People trying to do the right thing. They're kind of easy to read. I've also read um, the Catherine Arden trilogy, Mm -hmm. which is set in medieval Russia. Wow. It has, oh, it's got everything in it. There's a bit of war, there's a love story, there's some magic. It's very very exciting books. Mm -hmm. More, um, so, a theological note. (laughs) (laughs) bang on the most and we do have a church book group and my book group will roll their eyes when they hear me go on about this book again bang called, on the most yes it's called um, Liturgy of the Ordinary uh-huh. by Tish Harrison Warren and it's sacred practices in everyday life mm-hmm. so she looks at um, sort of lessons you can learn about God and yourself in everyday things like making your bed, losing your keys, there's a chapter on fighting with your husband. Wow. Um, you know, she goes she goes through those things and, and draws out lessons, what she's learned about herself, what she's learned about God and how, um, you know, how phoning a friend reflects the friendship that you have with God, that Jesus is your friend, you can own any time, as it were. So that's my top... Uh, Top book recommendation. Hey,
0: that is so interesting. <laughs> Janet, spill the beans.
1: Oh, I'm hard act to follow, Sarah. <laughs> 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 but I do like Alexander McCall Smith's books. Very yeah. easy reads, and yeah. uh, he has a series set in Edinburgh. I don't know if you've read the Isabel Dalhousie one series mm-hmm. and the Scotland Street one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So quite hilarious. Um, I read recently it's a book I was given at Christmas time, and I lent it to my mother, and I can't quite remember the title, but it was written by the Queen's dresser, Angela Kelly, on oh, okay. the other side of the coin. That's what it's uh-huh. called. Uh-huh. Absolutely fascinating insight to um, her work with the Queen. And it just, you know, I admire the Queen. I think she's an amazing woman, and it just reflected so much her... Her character through what this lady was writing about, just her, her wit, she was very witty and she's a clever woman, and her poise. And I just, uh, you know, I just, I just elevated the Queen even more in my estimation. It was just a lovely, really good there were some very humorous events as well, and a hat that was put on the wrong way around, and Angela Kelly was watching from. I think it was an ascot, so she was watching on the TV screen and she was horrified. <laughs> and somehow this hat had ended up the wrong way line, but uh, nobody would have known, you know, but um, apart from her, so that was um, that was quite entertaining. Uh, I've been reading a lot of cookery books because we've had the whole family home, so <laughs> I've had to uh, rustle up a lot more uh, bigger meals where you've got two boys who have hollow legs Um You've got to look for big recipes, so that's um, been quite entertaining. And I have to say, the free church cookbooks never let me down. A a wee plug for favourite recipes. Do do
0: you know? uh, You know, it really is an amazing series, especially the first ones. Now, did I read that they've gone and they've gone and fire you? Oh, we had a disaster,
1: David. Sadly, the printer where the books uh, were printed, and he. Well, I shouldn't say he, but that company stored (laughs) the books for us. And um, yes, about this time last year, we got word that they'd had a fire and all the books had been destroyed. Thankfully, the disc um, was retrieved, or the the book is that old that they didn't do PDFs back then. But um, we do now have it as a PDF, so we're, we're in discussion as to what we should do because reprinting a book is is costly
0: yeah mm-hmm. well it a it, it, it's a great series especially the first one and certainly i'd encourage you to to do it, or, or bring one out with the you know best of <coughs> girls well it's,
1: it's we're funny. certainly um certainly looking into that quite seriously because i think all the ladies around the table of the committee would say they're just well splattered with <laughs> various things from oh, it's been used so well and if you want on the sort of as said, the theological side, I've picked up a book and it's, it was written a number of years ago by Alistair Begg, What Angels Wish They Knew mm-hmm. and it's The Basics of True Christianity so I'm really enjoying this very easy read, I enjoy listening to Alistair Begg online from time to time and um, so this is uh, it's been a really, it's a, it is a very interesting read, so I'm working really through that just now
0: I mean, there's an interesting. You spoke about, you know, Alexander McCall Smith. Um, he wrote an operetta recently in, in to raise money for uh, a justice uh, ministry that we we support, uh, IGM mm-hmm. International Justice. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's really, it's really fascinating. It's uh, inspired by a, a Scottish slave girl. Uh, mm-hmm. Called the Tumbling Lassie and the uh, 1687 court case about this tumbling lassie. So, Google Tumbling Lassie oh, and you yes. will hear the, the, and that would be a great project, the IGN project for WFM. Folks, thank you so much uh, for this conversation. Um, please look up the web. The website is all oh, one word womanformission.org. Mm-hmm. And it will put all there, including the information about the latest campaign just released on Saturday. And um, that's it, ladies. Thank Hi, you absolutely. so much for talking. Thank you,
1: thank you for having us, David.
0: And we hope to have you back again very, very soon. <laughs> thank you. Okay, <laughs>
2: and thank
0: you. I just Just a a brief word before we go to our Generation podcast listeners. Thank you so much. Again, we do apologise for the sound quality. We are still in lockdown, so we're operating through Zoom. The sound quality is not quite what we would like, but still we've got interesting conversations with interesting people. Tell your friends about Generation and tell them about the podcast and keep on listening. Thank you and have a great day.